1: And welcome to episode 111 of Real Life Ghost Stories. How you do. To kick things off this week, we need to thank our newest Patreon subscribers. We would like to thank Jessica Somerville.
2: Ashley Lloyd.
1: Colton Miller.
2: Glenn Colleton.
1: Jill McKenna.
2: Shannon Mason.
1: Megan Rose.
2: Kate Lola Kavanagh.
1: Che K.
2: Corey Benjamin.
1: Aaron McAnulty.
2: Chrissy and Josh.
1: Kelly Ann Blacher.
2: Tara Marie Hurst.
1: Alice Guyton.
2: Isabella Maloney DeHurt.
1: Thank you so much for being our Patreon subscribers. We appreciate you every single
2: day. We sure do. And we also have a birthday this week. So happy 40th birthday to Sean Duffy, whose birthday is on the 18th of December. We hope you have a good day, mate. Enjoy the celebrations, even though you're stuck on your own.
1: Happy birthday! I've also got a little bit of a an admin announcement. Ooh. I know I don't usually do these, but this is going to be our last main episode of 2020. I
2: thought you were going to say ever then. I was like, you didn't talk to me about that.
1: No, of 2020. Okay. So we are actually moving house tomorrow. If you could see the chaos that we're sitting <laughs> in right now, you would be wondering why we're even doing an episode. We're moving house tomorrow and we're not actually going to have internet until around the 30th of January now that's questionable but if we don't reappear on your stream after the 30th of January do not panic it is just because we don't yet have internet and we're also in tier three so it's not as if we can just go to an internet cafe as in tier three lockdown for people in the US uh, we, I, we won't be going to somebody else's house to upload it and we won't be going to like Uh, somewhere public to upload it either so we will appear back in your feed as soon as possible i just don't really know when
2: did you mean 30th of december
1: well what did i say 30th of january oh i meant 30th of december not 30th of january (laughs) i was
2: like wow we've got a really long break
1: (laughs) 30th of december there will still be listener episodes because they are pre-recorded and ready to go and there might be a little surprise for you guys too our film review this week our film review is the visit The visit was released in 2015. It has 6.2 out of 10 on IMDb and 68% on Rotten Tomatoes. Would you like a synopsis? Why, right then? Becca and Tyler plan a week-long stay at their grandparents' place, whom they have never seen. Little do they know that their visit will be the most terrifying experience of their lives. What were your thoughts on this film?
2: I'd just like to say if you are intending on watching this, skip forward about five minutes.
1: Okay. Are you going to be, Are we going to be spoiler central?
2: We are going to be spoiler central.
1: Okay. Yeah, I don't know if you can talk about this film without talking about spoilers. So if you're going to watch it, please do skip forward. You have been warned. So what were your thoughts on this film?
2: I enjoyed aspects of it. I wasn't overly enamored by it. And it was very Shyamalan.
1: So it was directed by M. Night Shyamalan. Is that how you say it? No,
2: it's sh- I-, I can never say it. Probably a Shyamalan, isn't it? Sh- Sham-Lion.
1: Sham-Lion. Oh, that's really rude to not try and pronounce his name properly. But M. Knight, if you're listening, I'm really sorry. The likelihood is that he is obviously listening, yeah. by the way. It's very M. Knight Shyamalan, though. You're yes. right. Very, very much so. I'm really torn about this film. Because while I found it really scary, genuinely scary, like there were bits mm. where I could only watch through my fingers. And the woman who plays the grandmother is fucking Fabulous. terrifying she's
2: really good at what she's supposed to be doing though eh?
1: oh <laughs> she is so scary she is petrifying oh my word i couldn't watch her because i was so frightened of mm. her so she um she is brilliant i thought the two child actors particularly the little boy the 13 year old boy i mean he should get 5 stars just yeah. <laughs> just himself because he's an incredible character i just i i don't know How I feel about, and I've said this before, about films that use dementia as a horror trope. And I don't know how I feel about that. I, As I've said before as well, I'm very lucky to be in a position where I've not experienced it firsthand. But I don't know how I'd feel if I did experience it firsthand. And for some people, they might be absolutely fine with it. But I just don't know how I feel about using disease or mental illness as a horror trope. I don't know how I feel about it. Mm.
2: I think in terms of actors, you've got a very clear split. You've got the the old lady and the young boy who were brilliant. And then you've got the young girl and the old man who were passable. Mediocre. Mm. Um, The reason I gave a spoiler warning is because of the next statement I'm about to say. The twist was good. I should have seen it coming because it was, I feel like it was an obvious twist, but
1: I didn't see it coming either. (laughs) The reason why we gave a spoiler warning to say there's a twist is because people keep telling us off for ruining the fact that there's a twist in a film because then they spend the whole film looking out for it, which I get, but I did not see it coming. It's very M. Night, I'm just going to call him M. Night from now on. It's very M. Night and it's very reminiscent of like, I mean, it's not as big as like the sixth sense twist. But it's, it's a pretty big twist in the story, and I, I really yeah I really didn't see it coming either, and maybe I should have.
2: I'm going to say something slightly controversial. I think in hindsight it was a lazy twist.
1: Do you think? Yeah, because
2: I think I, I was kicking myself when it was real, because I was like, I should have seen that, because it was really obvious in hindsight. But hindsight is wonderful.
1: The, um, the really good thing I took away from it is this concept of sundowning. Mm. which I had never heard of I had no concept of I thought it was a, like a film world concept and then I googled it and looked it up and a lot of the scariness of the film is based around the grandmother sundowning which if I mean I had no idea but it's it's apparently a symptom or a side effect of dementia yeah. or Alzheimer's where the behaviours of the sufferer get worse after sundown which seems mad that that yeah. would happen like i just had no idea that that happened or that was a thing so a lot of the action takes place around the grandmother sundowning and the stuff she gets up to at nighttime is terrifying i'm so it's absolutely terrifying
2: see it's terrifying but the worst bit for me is when they're playing hide and seek under the house during the day and
1: i've just put my head in my hands because that really <laughs> trauma i couldn't even watch it i couldn't even watch it
2: <laughs> the grandma just appears on all fours like scurrying around after them no context just really creepily scurrying around them and then obviously it's really creepy and then she just pops out and just goes back to normal yeah "Ah." she's
1: like oh we played hide and seek but she's but they don't do it in like a paranormal way so she's not moving in an unnatural way but she's moving incredibly fast Mm. for an older woman and you're thinking what the and the kids are clearly thinking what the fuck and it's it's just brilliant There is one part of the film that is absolutely horrific in terms of it's just gross. It's one of the grossest things I've seen in a Mm. horror film in a very long time. It's not blood and guts and gore but it is other bodily excretions and it it, I was horrified when I saw it. I'm not I've said this before as I get older I'm not very good with really gory stuff in films or really gross stuff in films anyway. And that bit really shocked me. Like it it Oh. I did feel
2: that that was used very cleverly as a tool to move the story on though because that ended up being the straw that saved them, wasn't it? Yes. It was as gross as it was, it was what made the little boy snap.
1: Yeah, and then save, save him. him, yeah. <laughs> so really, I mean, I'm torn. I am torn about this film, but actually it really frightened me. Genuinely really frightened me. Like it, I struggled watching it. So I think I'm going to give it a four. Okay. Because I feel like... It was scary, but I don't know how I feel about, yet again, dementia being used as a horror trope and how I would feel about that if I had a loved one that was suffering from dementia. So, and the twist got me. It got me. I didn't see it coming. So I'm going to give it a four. Solid four.
2: So for the first time ever, I think I'm going to give it a three. (gasps) Um, It was good. I recommend that you check it out, but it's not going to be one that I'd probably go back to, but you need to check it out for the little boy and his rapping.
1: He's incredible. The little boy is incredible and his scene in the closing credits oh, so good. was so good. He, and Please somebody tell me, what do I know him from? I've checked IMDB, whichever one it is, and I've never seen anything else that he's been in, but I recognize him. I know him from something. Please tell me what I know him from because it's been driving me mad.
0: Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place.
1: Which brings us to our story today which is not in any way related to the film The Visit but it was suggested by Taylor Robinson on Instagram so thank you Taylor Robinson I'm not going to give you any lead in for this Okay But I might ruin one of your favourite places hmm? 2020 has been both a weird and devastating year Many of us experienced social lockdown for the first time and unfortunately, likely not the last time. Here in Kent, we've remained in lockdown while many other parts of the country have gone back to some sense of normality. And in an openly selfish way, I really miss the pub. I miss getting a text on a Friday night to go for post-work cocktails and trying to nab the sofa by the fire. Pubs are a British institution and are the cornerstone of most towns and villages up and down the countries. According to the Guinness Book of Records, the oldest pub in the UK is a pub called Ye Old Fighting Cocks, which was apparently first established in 793 AD and continues to operate as a pub to this day. And really old pubs actually aren't uncommon. Our local pub, The Parrot, was built on Roman foundations in the 14th century and it's inevitable that these pubs would have some wild stories to tell. Stories of murder mystery, intrigue, and of course, ghosts. Sometimes the most unassuming places have the darkest past, and England is full of chocolate box villages, some of which seem to house pure evil. Number 8, Potter's Lane, is one of those places. It is situated on a quaint little street, in a quaint little village, called Wotton Under Edge in Gloucestershire. The ancient Ram Inn is said to be the most haunted building in England. It was built on an ancient pagan burial ground. And this isn't some sort of urban legend that has been fabricated to propel the haunting story. There have been numerous archaeological digs in the area which have uncovered tools, artefacts and ancient carvings which suggest that it was indeed a place of spiritual importance for pagan death rituals, The town itself was built in the Bronze Age, so we already have a location that is rich in history, lore and, unfortunately, tragedy. The inn itself was established in 1145 to house slaves who were building the adjacent St Mary's Church. During King John's rule, the entire town of Wootton was razed and the only building left standing was the Ancient Ram Inn. The ghosts of the Ancient Ram are numerous and well documented. After being converted into an inn and being used for centuries, the inn was eventually purchased as a residential property by a man named John Humphreys in the late 60s. He resided in the inn, along with its ghostly inhabitants for 50 years, until his death in late 2017. The most well-known ghost story attached to the inn is that of the Witch's Room. Most people will know the horrors of the witch trials and they reached fever pitch in the latter half of the 16th century under the rule of King James I. A heady mix of misguided fear and misogyny meant that many women were wrongfully tortured and murdered, having been accused of witchcraft. The accusations were often vague and ambiguous, but the trials that took place were nothing short of barbaric. Legend has it that during this time, a woman in Wotton was accused of witchcraft, And a witchcraft accusation generally meant two things. A crowd baying for blood. And a brutal public execution. And it would seem that this woman was fully aware of what was to be her fate. And she wasn't going to take it. She managed to flee the growing lynch mob and sought refuge in the ancient Ram Inn. Where she hid in one of the bedrooms. The majority of us will never understand the fear of literally hiding for your life. Having done no wrong except perhaps not conforming to societal ideals. Eventually the woman was found, and dragged kicking and screaming from the ancient ram. She was reportedly burned at the stake right in front of the building without any trial. Many visitors to the inn, who stay in what is now known as the Witch's Room, report being violently pushed, their items being thrown, and every so often, the woman is heard to let out an unearthly wail of desperation. John Humphreys and his family very quickly became acquainted with the witch and the other residents of the inn. When Humphreys bought the inn in the 60s, it was a dilapidated ruin and was due to be demolished, but he was loath to allow a building like that to be erased, so he moved his family in in order to set about the task of renovating it, and bringing it back to its former glory, while also serving as a home for him and his family. The property cost the former train driver £2,600. The activity in the inn began for the family on the very first night of their stay. John and his wife took up residency in what was known as the Bishop's Room, and in the middle of the night, John was forcibly grabbed and dragged from the bed and across the room by his arm. Undeterred, John began his renovation of the house, but the activity was so intense that his wife and children were forced to leave and move elsewhere for their own safety. During the renovations, John uncovered the skeletons of two children beneath the flagstones under the stairs, and the skeletons were complete with the daggers that had been used to kill them. He also found a well under the kitchen, where several more skeletons were found. One of the rooms in the house is called the Men's Kitchen and in 1997 John Humphreys gave a ghost hunting team permission to excavate the floor while they were searching for the entrance to a cellar that they believed to have been sealed off. But what they found was much, much worse. They found the skeletal remains of a woman and a child and among them there were shards of broken iron. The remains were quickly called in and ultimately analysed by the Bristol Museum, who concluded that the position of the bodies and the tools surrounding them pointed to ancient human ritual sacrifice. The ghost hunters who uncovered the bodies suffered a non-fatal car accident on the way home, which many believe was retribution for disturbing the bodies, but could easily be put down to any number of causes. I previously mentioned the Bishop's Room, and the violent experiences that John had while he slept in there. But he isn't the only person to have had experiences in this room. The stories surrounding it are many. It is supposed to be the most haunted part of the building, and during the ram's time, as a functioning inn, many guests would refuse to stay in the room while others unwittingly checked into it, only to run out screaming in the middle of the night. There were reports of furniture literally flying around the room on its own, and one time a medium was thrown down the corridor on attempting to open the door. Other sightings in the room include spectral monks, as well as the plumber who came face to face with the ghost of a mounted centurion. A cavalier has been seen, appearing by the dressing table before walking across the room. There are reports of a young woman hanging from the ceiling beams, a shepherd with his dog, and the disembodied screams of a man who at some point supposedly was killed by having his head thrust into the fireplace. Those who have spent the night there, including John Humphreys, claim to have fallen victim to a succubus. Unfortunately, due to the nature of the tabloid press, John Humphreys was ridiculed when he came out and spoke openly about this particular experience, and this became the overriding narrative of the ancient Ram Inn. The attic in the building is exactly as creepy as you might imagine. It is known as the Weaver's Attic, and I strongly recommend that you look up a picture of it because it's definitely the stuff of nightmares. Many guests have reported hearing the sound of something big and heavy being dragged across the floor of the attic. The Mayflower Barn is also said to be home to something very big and something very aggressive. During a visit by the TV show Most Haunted, A member of the crew was famously thrown across the barn and allegedly kicked and punched by an unseen force. There are of course questions about the validity of the stories of the ancient Ram Inn, considering many of them seem to come from John Humphreys himself. And there are those that believe that he invented the stories with some clever foresight, that it would eventually make him a lot of money in ghost tours and investigations. Whether those who have had experiences of the ancient ram were the victims of some sort of confirmation bias, or whether the ancient realm is really home to all of these terrible things is anyone's guess. But the reality is that it is home to a rich historical tapestry that has had its fair share of tragedy. So that's our first story today.
2: Why are you ruining pubs for me?
1: I'm sorry. I'm not sorry.
2: Oh no, no, you're not. I know this place because Ghost Adventures went there.
1: Yes, they did. And it
2: is a creepy looking place. Like, it is creepy.
1: I read a really good story from a person who went and was like, This place definitely isn't haunted. But he was like, Same thing. He said, It's definitely not haunted. Like, you know, these are all made up stories, blah, 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 blah. I'm a skeptic, but it's fucking scary. <laughs> it is a scary place. And it is a scary place. Like, look up pictures of it. It's so old. Yeah, like, so super old. old. You can't even get your head around it.
2: I think that's part of what adds to the creepiness of it is that it's so old and it's just not, you know, even if we're thinking in terms of feng shui, it's not like aligned or anything like that. It's all like higgledy-piggledy and like old school. And that I think that adds to it. But I wouldn't be surprised if it is now haunted because um, Zach Bagans and that did some flipping witch demon summoning exercise when they were there. <laughs>
1: Why would people? Why do people do these things? I don't know. I don't understand why people do these things. Well,
2: yeah, I can understand why Zach does because he's a big thing about having sex with a ghost, isn't it? And that's the cycle. Oh, does of a... he? <laughs> yeah.
1: Does he really? Yeah. Oh, I vaguely remember that episode. I mm. so I didn't watch it when I was researching because I can't watch Zach Bagans, and I vaguely remember him being kind of weirdly excited yeah. about the prospect of having sex with a ghost. Yeah. I remember now. It's
2: the first time he hasn't pushed Aaron to stay in a creepy room, and he's volunteered himself. I think. Wow. Yeah
1: that's interesting <laughs> I mean make of that what you will but
2: yeah I mean they've, I, you know there's obviously plenty of people that say it's made up but I I don't I think every time you know this is my own personal belief but I think every time you accidentally uncover human remains whether they were buried intentionally or whether they were buried hurriedly because of a murder I think you're going to stir up some, something.
1: There are those that believe as well that the Ancient Ram Inn is on some perfectly positioned ley line crossroads, if that's what they call them. I Like when we did the Hail Fanag episode, like I knew nothing about ley lines. But they saw so many different entities mm. that it almost seemed like ridiculous and comical. But it kind of seems quite similar in the Ancient Ram Inn, if it's to be believed that all these different entities have been seen. And there is... There are some that say the ley line that the Ancient Ram Inn is on is directly linked to Stonehenge. Which, uh, in terms of pa- pagan burial rituals, like Stonehenge was very important mm. to like lots of different groups of people. So, I don't know. I don't know anything about ley lines. I mean, I thought they were scientific things, so what the heck do I know?
2: I think the place probably is haunted, but I think the level of the haunting might have been exaggerated slightly. Because de- Jeff- John Humphreys, and I'm not speaking ill about the dead, but he definitely wanted to make some money. Like... It's, it's an old place. That like old place takes loads of work to keep up, like to maintain. You have to constantly redo wiring, all kinds of things. So any extra source of income is very valuable, I think.
1: It's a pretty impressive long-term plan. Mm. Like I'm not even mad at him about it because I, I can't imagine buying an old place and then going, I know what I'll do. I'll perpetuate these crazy ghost stories and then I'll make loads of money.
2: But maybe, you know, he bought it in the 60s and maybe that was never the intention. But then things like the Enfield Haunting... And, you know, the horror explosion in terms of films all came about just slightly later. And maybe that was the point where he thought, I can do something with this. And actually, it probably is haunted. Like, there probably is stuff bopping around in there. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if a, if, if a lot of it is true. I just don't think it's as sinister, or it wasn't as sinister, and still they started conjuring demons or whatever. But it wasn't as sinister as he makes it out to be. I think the sinister aspect, the th- the threat makes it scarier, doesn't it?
1: There's a, a great... Clip of Derek Akora being possessed in the barn of the ancient ramen. If you if you care to watch it again, not speaking ill of the dead, but if there ever was a con man, well, it was sorry, Derek s- That's
2: what I was going to ask you about. Whether it was my most, most haunted visited before or after Derek Akora, because I think there's you know if it was with him, it was with him. Yeah, then we can discount it.
1: <laughs> yeah, it was with him. I think it's really interesting that if John Humphreys did invent all of these stories that you then have swathes of mediums and paranormal experts and ghost hunters who then come and experience the same story that John Humphreys has invented. I'm Mm. not speaking ill of those people, like confirmation bias is a real thing Mm -hmm. and you can be totally influenced by what somebody says as to how you experience somewhere. But it's just a very interesting story, the ancient ramen.
2: But wasn't the witch story documented
1: I couldn't find any okay. documentation of it. Everybody references it in different stories. And as always, the links to all of my research are in the description of this episode. So honestly, go and read it. It's really interesting. But I don't know if it's like a local legend or a documented murder of a, of a woman. I don't know which one it is. And it is hard to know what a mm. lot of these stories.
2: See, out of all the pub stories, I'm down with this one because it's no longer a pub. True, I don't have to be scared of it you I mean, I'm sure you'll probably end up taking me there at some point.
1: I would love to go to this place. I would love to go. I and admittedly I would shit myself. I'd be so <laughs> afraid going around. I'm the big I am when I'm talking on a podcast in my dining room <laughs> surrounded by a ridiculous amount of boxes, but we won't even go there. But when if I was actually in the bishop's bedroom, I would be in the corner crying even though nothing would have happened. <laughs> so maybe we should go. Just mm. so I can be put mm. back into my place. I'm
2: all right, you know it's here free.
1: So you ready for the second part of our story today? Mm.
2: It depends is... if you're going to ruin a, a pub for me. It's just going to be another one I have to tick off the list of not being able to go to.
1: Well, I wanted to go and find something that was a bit more that was a bit different that okay. maybe most people wouldn't have heard of. Okay. I had never heard of this place before. Okay. But this comes with audio. No. One of the pitfalls of not being able to enjoy the perils of the pub is that I have fallen down many an unstoppable YouTube rabbit hole in the name of podcast research. During the research for this episode, I fell into one of these YouTube rabbit holes and I came across an alleged EVP that piqued my interest. EVP, in case you don't know, stands for Electronic Voice Phenomenon. And it's essentially when a voice recorder picks up the voices of ghosts that we apparently can't hear. I generally have no desire to explore EVPs and frankly I think that the vast majority of them are nonsense. If you have to repeatedly slow something down and explain to the listener exactly what is being said, then in my opinion it lacks a certain validity. But this EVP sent shivers down my spine. It was recorded in 2011 by a paranormal investigation team exploring the Café Sports House in Greater Manchester in the UK, which was originally built as the Roxy Cinema in 1929. Located in Swinton, the Roxy Cinema opened as the picture house on the 15th of July 1929, with Jean Herschelt in Battle of the Sexes. It had a stadium style auditorium with raised seating at the rear, which it called the Circle, that had almost 200 seats. The total capacity was at nearly a thousand people. The Roxy Cinema closed down suddenly on Saturday, the 3rd of April 1965, and the film that was showing was John Wayne in The Magnificent Showman. And all the future attractions were still being advertised, but yet, It just closed. The cinema was then put into mothballs with Star Cinema stating that they hoped it would reopen at a later date when film going became more popular again. It was safely secured, but it never did reopen as a cinema. After several years in a boarded up state, it became a skateboard centre. Then, when that craze began to wane, it was converted into a squash club. It is still open and known as Cafe Sport. To be honest, I can find very little else about the history of this place, so you'll have to forgive me if the details are a little bit scant. In 2010, a paranormal investigation team called Project Reveal made their first visit to Café Sport to conduct an investigation. It is unclear how they came to know of the events that were occurring here, but it seems that the staff were reporting mysterious and disturbing events. Footsteps would be heard pounding up the cellar steps when no one was there. A shadow would dart down a corridor and a man was regularly seen standing at the end of the bar. The paranormal investigation team reported that a table lifted from the ground and levitated during a seance and that they all audibly heard a growl in one of the rooms. However, I was more interested in the audio they captured like I said before, I generally don't bother playing EVP recordings. But if this is real, and unedited as they claim, it's probably one of the most convincing EVP recordings I've ever heard. In the clip that I'm about to play, you will hear the audio that the team captured, as it was on the day, and apparently it hasn't been edited in any way. (laughs) Pubs are an institution in Britain and Ireland. They are important focal points of socialisation and also hold a wealth of history of the community that they are situated in. Relationships are forged and destroyed in pubs. Lives are sometimes lost. Laughs are had and sorrows are drowned. If you have an old pub in your area, you are guaranteed to have a ghost story to go with it. So it might be worthwhile considering who or what might be propping up the bar the next time you're in your local thanks for that so what were your thoughts on that evp let's let's get let's get down into it
2: before we get on to that particular evp i want to say i like evps i think there's too many of them where they're just that is just in an inaudible noise there's clearly a noise there but i think they read way too much into them
1: yeah and i think a lot of them are like rustling or we you don't even realize when I'm editing back this podcast Mm. you don't even realize how many noises happen around you that you don't even hear so if you're listening to this podcast and you think fuck me what's that knocking sound it's our table that knocks but I don't hear it when we're recording and then I listen to it back and I'm like how did I not hear that Mm. so I I agree with you I think they read way too much into it and I think most of it is noises that they just haven't registered at the time and then they're like whoa did you hear that it said get out no it didn't Yeah, I absolutely didn't.
2: Although, I have heard some where they have been unquestionable, and my favourite kind of EVP from from like ghost hunting shows, admittedly, because I haven't done any EVPs of my own. But my favourite kind of EVP is the one that gets caught up on the live caught on the live feed. When that happens, I think it is incredible. Yes. So when you clearly hear someone shout or a laugh or some kind of vocalisation of something and it's picked up by the the camera's feed, like in the actual footage, rather than...
1: See, I wouldn't consider that an EVP. I think when it's captured, I think, like my own opinion, like I wouldn't be as judgmental of those noises, like you said, when they're captured Mm. live on camera. But when they're doing the whole thing with the recorder and they're going, if there's anybody out there, can you come and speak into this recorder? And then they play it back and they're like, whoa, did you hear that? Bullshite.
2: I am, for those of you that can't see, I'm holding my hands up because I am obviously wrong. Because they are not EVP. And Dan is
1: also not wearing a top, just to know. I, I know. mean, people
2: didn't need to know that. Um, <laughs> I think people just presume that I'm not wearing clothes every time I do this. Yeah, it's not electronic voice phenomenon when it's picked up by the camera because everybody hears it. And that's the whole point of electric, electronic voice phenomenon is it's picked up within the electricity. So you're 100% right. That doesn't count as an EVP. So I was wrong. So that moots my whole point.
1: So what was what was your thoughts on that particular EVP?
2: It was weird.
1: Isn't it weird? It's
2: really weird because it sounds like someone is heavy breathing and trying to say something. I made a point of not looking at, because Emma sent me a YouTube link, I made a point of not looking at the screen because I always feel it's very easy to hear what someone thinks they can hear in it if you know what they're thinking it is. So when the subtitles come off on an EVP... You're obviously going to hear that because your mind tells you that's what it's saying because the words are on the screen, right? Same way same as when you're watching a a foreign film or a subtitle film rather, you're...
1: That just frightened the life out of me. Me too. I don't think it will have picked up on the microphone but a (laughs) lot of kids just ran by the door screaming and I thought, that's it. It started. Just before we move out, it started. I nearly... My heart nearly just dropped... Out of my body and onto the floor. Sorry, continue. You were saying... Yeah, so
2: like when you're reading subtitles on a film, your mind fills in the gaps. So it's like you make out those characters saying those things in your language because you're reading them, and that's what your mind's doing. So I feel there's like a... So I always make a point of not looking at the things to hear what I say. And I can't hear anything intelligible in that. So I can't hear any particular clear words or anything like that. But there is clear vocalisation. So it is it is saying something because it's got the... In, inclination of someone talking but i can't hear what they're saying it sounds like someone is heavy breathing down the mic but at the same time trying to say something
1: very darth vader energy mm, yeah mm.
2: i there's a bit towards the end that made me question it's whether it was actually an EVP or it just caught a breeze because there was a whistle like a you know like the wind when it whistles or when you've got a draft somewhere and it comes through particularly quick there's like a like that kind of thing you can hear that So So, that made me wonder whether they were walking past a
1: a draft. What we're going to do is we're going to watch it one more time. Okay. I'm going to play it one more time on the audio of the podcast. And this time you're going to look and see what it's supposed to say. Okay. Okay, so now that you've watched it with what it's alleged to say, has it changed your opinion of it?
2: I mean, it would seem responsive in terms of the context because they're talking about going down somewhere and their voice is saying, I'm one down here, according yeah. to their interpretation of it. I could hear it really clearly with those words over the top of it. So what, was the, there what was, were the words? I'm one down here.
1: I'm one down here, yeah.
2: But I know... I was listening really hard for something intelligible and I couldn't hear it without the words. So it, it always, I'm always, I always wonder how they come to this conclusion because I couldn't hear anything in that without the words. It was it was trying to talk, but it wasn't forming words in my head.
1: I think the down is really clear. Mm. The d sound is really clear. And that was the bit that made me go, whoa, that actually sounds like words for the first time ever. <laughs> because generally when we're watching ghost shows, And there's an EVP, I'm just like, oh my god, I'm so annoying because I just give out about the EVPs all the time. I feel
2: like I'm sounding a bit stupid, but... Do you know what I mean by saying... Like, you can hear there's words in there, but you can't... I can't make out what the words are. Like, yeah. the you hear the enunciation of something. Like yeah, or the, like
1: if somebody was whispering yeah. nearby. You can you know they were whispering, you know they're yeah. saying words, but you can't hear the yeah. actual words. And That's, yeah. what it that's sounds not like, stupid at all.
2: That's what it sounds like to me without those words. But now, obviously, with the words on there, if I was to listen to it again, I would be able to hear those words very clearly, undoubtedly. But I don't know the value to that. But someone must have heard something in it to get there in the first place, right?
1: If you know of cafe sport if you're in the swinton area if you're in greater manchester because i couldn't find any conversation about this being a haunted pub anywhere so this was really hard to find any information on. I had to like sign up for this £10 a month nonsense in order to <laughs> access the report of this ghost hunting team in order to be able to read their go their their report from the ghost hunt that they did. And then I realized they had a video about it on YouTube. Fucking idiot. <laughs> so if you are from the Greater Manchester area and you think, oh yeah, I know that pub, it is haunted, or I know that pub, it definitely isn't haunted then please let me know. I actually was really tempted to ring them and say, hi, I'm researching a story. Can you tell me if your pub is haunted? And then I remembered they're also in tier three. Ah. So they're not going to be open right yeah, now. So true. I will I will ring again at some point and try and find out. But there's our little short and sweet dive into some haunted pubs.
2: I will say the pictures of it as a cinema, beautiful. I love Stunning. old cinemas.
1: <laughs> yeah, love an old cinema. Stunning.
2: But- there you go yeah i i i believe evps are a thing i do genuinely believe they're a thing like i actually think that is something that can be picked up i just think a lot of it isn't noteworthy
1: originally when i was researching for this episode it was going to be an episode about the scariest sounds but most of them were natural sounds and the vast majority of the evps were nonsense and just not very scary at all. And this was the only one that I came across that was in any way compelling or interesting. So let me know if you what you think of it. Let us know on the Facebook group whether you thought it was compelling or whether you thought it was, or if you can debunk it.
2: It doesn't surprise me though, because you are Scully, and I'm Mulder.
1: Yeah, that's the right way around. Yes, it and is you're, the I'm way.
2: the one that believes in everything, and you're yep. the one that doesn't believe in anything. So the fact that you're not hearing what is clearly ghosts trying to communicate to us. because I don't want to
1: hear yeah if I just opened my ears I'd be able to hear them all absolutely if you enjoyed today's episode you can find everything you need to know about us on reallifeghoststoriespodcast.com you can send your spooky story to reallifeghoststoriespodcast.gmail.com you can also find us on patreon where for five dollars a month or two dollars a month you get access to heaps of extra content and just to remind you like we said at the beginning of the episode This is our last main episode until...
2: 30th of December-ish.
1: The 30th of (laughs) December-ish. If we're back after that, brilliant. If not, it's because our internet still isn't working. So please don't panic. We haven't left. There will be lots of spooky special content coming your way soon. I'm not going to say any more in case I give it all away. And thank you for a weird and wonderful 2020.
2: And have a happy holiday festive period.
1: Happy holidays. Ooh, singing. We'll see you in, oh, see you next year. Yep. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands.